Lord, thank you for what you're doing. I'm so, I'm so thankful. I'm so blessed. You just made a, made my day. You made our day. You came and just activated, and you are activating, and you're getting so strong. We're so grateful for that. Thank you for that you brought, uh, Father, your your Son to to show us who you are, so that when we saw Jesus, we saw you, and now we want to follow Jesus fully where he is with you. And we ask for grace to do so in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Matthew 11. I had all kinds of wonderful things to tell you, but time will not allow that. But I will want to begin with the last three. 20, verse 25, Matthew 11:25, 25. And this is after the full chapter, which is, a, I, I can't go back or we'll, I don't need a lot of time to speak. I want time for, for God to continue what he's initiated and with truth being taught, I believe for some of us that will give us greater permission to participate. So I don't want to minimize the, the teaching, but I want, I want more activation. I want more receiving. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. <laughs> mm. We're in being allowed into a closed community. We cannot know Jesus unless the Father drags us to him. Literally. That's what the word in, in Greek means. And we cannot know the Father unless the, the, the Son wills to reveal him. Because he's the only means to know the Father. You cannot know the Father apart from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the way. Jesus Christ is the truth. Jesus the Messiah is the, the life. Way, truth, and life. So... I have to accept Jesus Christ. I have to accept the word of God. I have to accept what is being sp spoken of him. I accept, have, accept what God has done with him and now where he sits and what he's doing. And the more I accept and the more I get to know the Father, the more I get to know the Father, the more I get to be a part of, of the eternal kingdom and, and disengage from the temporal world and its systems and its convoluted craziness. Hallelujah. I want to be free. Come to me, so he says. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So take a moment, verse 28. We're going to put, we're, how many willing to put the yoke of Jesus on today? Okay, it's not hard. Right there at the end, he said it's easy and it's light. So, qualifier. I'm, verse 28, I'm tired, I'm fatigued, I've got burdens that I'm carrying. Anybody, anybody got any of that in the natural world you're walking through, right? And he said, come, come, I will give you rest. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the resurrected Lord, gives us rest. Hebrews 3, Hebrews 4 takes his apps, the rest that comes. Take my yoke upon you. A yoke is exactly what a yoke is. It's a yoke. Think of two oxen, and they're yoked together. 
So you're going to, I'm going to yoke you to me. I'm going to yoke you to me. I want you to begin to learn from me. In in agriculture world, I'm not a part of it, but I do watch a few movies. They, you know, the point was you would train one animal by putting it next to a trained animal. So you'd have the lead ox begin to teach the young ox how to walk in step with the direction that's being asked of it. And that's what we're learning. See, only one man did everything right, paid for all the sin that was all made all wrong, came out, resurrected, and alive, and now we are learning him. If we learn him, then we come into the fullness of what he has entered, what he's received, and we get to enjoy it. And so Jesus says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. I am humble. I am meek. We read it again, Isaiah 62 today, right? 64, you know, I'm, I'm 66. I, I, I look upon the broken. Jesus had to be, God the Son had to empty himself of all privilege, all honor, all, all glory, and to be humbled himself, and then the Father humbled him in putting him inside the womb of Mary, and then he made himself took upon the flesh and made himself of no reputation. He came with no revelation. He came with no pedigree except he was a sinless man, the last Adam. But he did not know he was the son of God until God revealed that to him and everything else came by faith and he walked that. And so he was humble. He is still the most humble man in the universe. There will never be a more humble man than Jesus. Zechariah prophesied, behold, your king is coming lowly, riding on a donkey to overthrow the chariots and the pride and the arrogance of man. That's why if you're going to walk with Jesus in these last days to see Jesus demonstrate himself in the midst of things, we're going to walk very humbly. We're going to walk very lowly. Every time your flesh starts to rise up, you say, hey, woohoo. You may be a young ox, but down, down boy. Every time our mind starts getting too excited about, oh, quiet, quiet, your soul. You see, it's your soul that's being saved. It's your soul that's coming into submission. It's our souls that are being, coming out of the agitation, out of the strife. So he says, learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. The essence of my being is humility, and I want to bring that rest that I carry in my heart to your soul. Isn't that interesting? I don't know about you, but my soul needs rest. I always want. I mean, isn't that what agitates? Isn't that what panics and freaks out? So my, but, and then he says, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. It's not hard. I'm not asking. It's very easy to be yoked to me. And my burden is full of, it's light. It's very easy. So we're going to yoke now. Go with me to Colossians chapter 3. I have three verses, and I'll do them very shortly, but I'm, we're accepting the yoke because Jesus went to the cross and Jesus died the, 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 the spiritual death that all of us had partaken in from Adam. And so he was called out of the abyss upon the cross, out of, you know, like Adam. Adam died the day he ate the fruit, but it took him 900 and some years before he died physically. So he had to be born again, made alive to enter into death and be raised from the dead. Because if you're not saved when you die, then you don't get raised. 
from the dead. So he partaked for all of us. And now he's seated at the right hand. In fact, let's skip Colossians 3, chapter 1, chapter 3. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. I just explain that. I, I, I mean, I got myself there. I better explain it because I saw some of you looking at me like, what? And uh, chapter 2, and you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's how we were born. We were born into the trespass sin. In which you once walked according to the course of this world. Well, I, I, I own that. According to the prince of the power of the air. That's Satan. That's the devil. That's the dragon. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. We were born out of the sons of disobedience into the sons of light. There are two, two classifications of humans on the earth today as far as to which kingdom we belong. Sons of disobedience, walking in the ways of this prince of the power of the course of this world, the spirit who works in the, and the sons of light who have been born again, born from above, whose spirit has been regenerated just as, and now are learning the ways of God, growing, walking, yoked to Jesus. Uh, among whom also you all once conducted yourselves in the lusts of the flesh. You understand? We got that right? Anybody need to know what the lusts of the flesh feel like? Right, we're all, you're, 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 you're fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. You see, those are parts of which have to submit. We cannot continue to operate like the devil, trying to get rid of the devil. You don't do that. In the kingdom, you have to act like Jesus to deal with the devil and, and submit to his word when you don't think it's working. And so it's a whole other transformation. And we're by nature children of wrath just as others. So there is, a, there is this thing kept for the day of wrath. This people, this generation, uh, perverse generation, crooked generation, that's called, referred to in the Bible, in the New Testament among whom also you all once conducted yourselves in the lust of the flesh, excuse me, but God, verse 4, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, but God, who is rich in mercy, we're going to accept something huge. We're going to, we're going to come into the yoke of Jesus. We have to learn how to submit to Jesus from his heavenly position and from his resurrection, and so we have to identify we have to see that that's what we've been brought into. So with his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses. So we're, we're off doing our thing. And we're, in fact, we weren't even born when God did the, the one, one event for all time, for all people. But when he did it, and he called his son out, he said, you are my son, today I begot you. And Jesus said, my father, I come into your hands, I commit my spirit. Breathe his last. When he came out of the, we were made alive with him. Even when you were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. That's an acceptance of a truth that we were brought into the salvation of Jesus at the point Jesus was experienced the salvation of God. The man. Who, who put himself to be the sacrifice for sin, now called out of death, made alive. 
No longer a living soul like the last Adam, first Adam, but now a life-giving spirit. That's why he was, you couldn't keep him in the grave. He, was, he had the power now of an endless life. It, it's, it's so big that you have to just spend time before the Lord listening to his word and, and imagining what was happening. Because if everything that happened to Jesus was because of us, now everything that's happened to Jesus is for us. And if you don't, we don't accept the for us, we, can, we, we come to God asking him for help that already has been provided, and we don't accept what he's been providing, and we, we walk in that circle and we go backwards. So he says, no, you were made alive together. So when Jesus was made alive, Father, whoa. He heard the Father call him out of the abyss. My son, today I've begotten you. You are my son. Today I've begotten you. Psalm 2, the, the foundation of the New Testament. Psalm 110, sit at my right hand. Foundation of the New Testament. Most quoted Psalms in the whole New Testament. My son, today I become your father. I will declare the decree you have said of me. You are my father. I become your son. And humanity changed its race. No longer earthly, no longer solely, but now life-giving spirit. And the firstborn, the first made alive. So then it says, and he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So this work of, of regeneration, of resurrection, and glorification happened at the time we were part of it. We said yes at some point. We said, yes, I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. God said, I, I call that righteousness. And yes, I confess Jesus is the Lord. And, and God says, then that will be your salvation. And so we, we began. But we don't stop there. We learn of who he is. That's what Colossians 3, first, first four verses, is all about set your mind on the things above. Set your mind on the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And you died, and now your life is hid with God in God with Christ. So you're with him. Because look what it says next. And he made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Beloved, we are in a position that is coming rapidly into, revel into perception to the living body of Jesus of this exalted place that we've been placed in Christ in. That's why Romans 8 says that we were known before time began we were predestined to be conformed to the image of the glorified Son, and whom he predestined, we called, we were called, and we said yes, that's when, we, that's when salvation activated, that's when the benefits started to flow into our life, that's when our eyes were opened, that's when our heart began to see, and we understood there was a Father who loved us, and we sue his Son, and it just starts, and it doesn't ever have to stop. But then, he says, you were justified, and you were glorified. Five dynamic truths given to us before time began in Christ that all are past tense. None of them yet to be seen. Some of it doesn't mean, no, you know, you can look at your neighbor and go, I, I don't see much glory on you. You know, but, but that, isn't what, that isn't what we're talking about. Not what we can see. We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith 
is the substance of things that are hoped for and not yet seen. It is, it's fully involved in hope, but it is fully provided for in Jesus Christ. So it's accepting Jesus Christ. I'm going to yoke with you, Jesus. If you yoke with Jesus, you'll be surprised because he's very untraditionalist. And a lot of things we do that think are holy are just, just flesh traditions of men that make the word of God no power. So we have to come back into the submission to the word. We let the word be what the word says. So he says, he set us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. We are the trophies of grace. We are to be, we are to be covered in grace, overwhelmed in grace, abounding in grace. We're to be we're, we're going, God's going to say, I'm going to do what I'm doing for you. I will, I will show to the all of creation for all time my exceeding riches of my grace by being kind to you. Yes. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, as anyone should boast. From the day you're saved to the day you breathe your last breath, you're saved, I am saved, and I will forever be saved by grace. Hallelujah. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. But the good works are in Christ Jesus, and they come through us from Christ Jesus. It's in Christ Jesus, good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There's not, none of us can, there's, there's fresh hope, there's fresh opportunity, there are things that are happening that none of us are to let go of. The anticipation of greater express, uh, greater acceptance and, and, and practice and delight in the salvation of God. Good works, massive good works. Not to be saved, but because we are saved changing, life changing, like that offering, that offering that, you know, Becky's reading that, and I'm going, I know that, I know that, and I went, oh, yeah, that's when David, he was, he was, he was old, and he, he was looking for retirement, and back then, you didn't matter how much money you had, if you didn't have an army to protect you, you really weren't very safe, as we can see now in the nations, so he called Joab, he didn't know that Satan was provoking him to go into the flesh and come out of, this, uh, out of his trust and covenant and promise. So he said, I want you to go do a, a census. The only reason you did census in the back in those days was to have, an, in, to have your army in place, to know how big your army was. And he'd already been run out of his kingdom a couple times. He wasn't ready to do it again. So he was working, going into the natural, but he wasn't called to be a natural man. He's the King David. He was given a covenant that out of his seed would come the Christ, according to the flesh, who would sit on his throne. He had had incredible revelation. Read the book of Psalms. It's like he's, he's seen the temple. He was told he couldn't build it, but he went to heaven and just kept seeing it. So by the, anyway, so he's, he's, he's doing what we all can do. Let's get safe. Let's get quiet. Let's take, take off some time. And then all of a sudden, God has to come to him and say, listen, you know, you got in the flesh again. Here you are. 
get, he, as soon as he got the number, his heart was convicted. He goes, oh my God, I, I, I went back into the flesh. I went back into the resource of man. I went back to trust myself. I wasn't letting God be my source, my resource, even though I've been ch chased out of my house many times. I need to trust God all the time because I've, I'm the one who said, uh, I won't be afraid if a thousandth camp outside of me. And I will be kept. And, and so I was, I was breaking agreement with the truth that I had been revealed. I was not living in the place that God had spoken to me. So now I am moving back into my own self. And now God says, okay, three things. One, two, three. You can go have a famine for three years. You can have your enemies chase you for three months. Or you can have the sword of the Lord, which would be a pestilence for three days. And he said, I've... I have no, no problem with that. I mean, I'm really, really distressed, but I don't want man to chase me. I don't want to be a part of man. I want to be, let me fall into God's hands. So he does, 30,000 people, bam, doom. And there's an angel over, over Jerusalem. I'm telling, I think I'm being probably too prophetic. And there's an angel and he gets an open vision. He sees this angel standing on Mount Moriah with a sword drawn like this. He doesn't know it's a, it's a frozen angel because God has already relented. God is always looking to show mercy. He's always anticipating a way to break into a new opportunity for man to come back to him and experience him in a better way. So he's already told the angel, stop, done. But now David has to see the consequences of his actions and has to come into a place of facing the fact and come back into faith. That's why sometimes it's hard to come back to the Lord because we don't want to face the fact. But if you face the fact, then the faith comes back alive. So all of a sudden, he sees the angel, the, the prophet says, go make a sacrifice there. So he goes up, and it's on Mount Moriah, and, he's, and there's the Jebusite. He's leaning, and he's, he's uh, threshing. It's on the threshing floor. And the sons have seen the angel. They've split. Father keeps working. David says, I need to buy your property. I need to buy your property. I got to make a sacrifice. He said, no, you don't, need to, you don't need to buy my property. You're the king. You can have it. And here's out. You can have the oxen for the sacrifice and the, and the, and the instruments of their yokes. You can use them for um, uh, just, you know, the wood. And David says the famous word. He says, no, I will pay you full price, for I will not give to God that which costs me nothing, which is where we get the famous statement that worship that costs nothing is worth exactly what it costs. That's why today, the Spirit of the Lord prompted Diana. I didn't know any of that was happening, but prompted Diana to say, come on, everybody, you're going to worship God. And here's how we're going to get there. Whether you understand it or not, we're just going to start engaging because that costly worship is worth something. Or in the days of Jesus, there was the Mary with the alabaster of a, of, of a perfume that would cost one year's wage and breaks it on Jesus feet on his head, fills the room. Everybody gets indignant. What a waste. What a waste. You wasted that on Jesus. And Jesus had to say, you can do things for the poor the rest of your life, but this is for my burial. And from now on, what this woman did will be spoken of for the gospel's sake. You, you don't, under, don't underestimate what, what sacrifice to God means when you obey him and it costs you everything. It's when it's worth something. So David offers a sacrifice. The frozen angel now moves again, puts his sword in the sheath, and David goes, oh my God. 
This is the house of God. This is the throne room of the Lord. You see, the place of judgment becomes the place of worship if you'll, you meet God in it. If you don't meet God in it, just judgment to death. But if you meet God in it, it's a place of worship. Place of worship. He goes, I got to build a house. Now, he can't build a house, but he can do everything to make sure the house is ready. So he gets the plans. He writes the, gets the, he puts his priesthood in order. He puts the, the, the elders in order. He puts everything in order. And then he takes the offering, and then we, here we are. Um, been here many times in the spirit I used to be getting in the spirit in these moments and feel the frailty of my flesh and worry about what I do next or, or fear what would come next as people's flesh started to get all excited and agitated it's time for the kingdom it's time for my kingdom it's time for my moment and gracious to the Lord that in all my life he always is a step ahead of me basically ask for things that are valuable before they're not valuable <laughs> so that I get he gets it at the top value in a very uh, that song we sang heaven is my throne resting place you'll never know the consecration that I placed my heart before the Lord in that song over and over over again. It's been my dream as long as I've ever known him. 23 years ago, I asked this crazy question to the Lord. I was following uh, Lazarus and Martha and Mary and watching the three as they come into harmony and unity and, and faith is raised from the dead and worship is restored and service is put in place and it's all in order. I was repenting. Lord, I'm so sorry. All I ever do in my revelation, truth, and prayer is to try to get you to do something or try to, to move in what you're doing. And I know that's me, and that's my flesh, and that's my carnality, and that's my desire. It's my, I want to be big. I want to be important. My striving. It's all that, and I'm just so sorry. I don't know if this is possible, but I would like for us to be a house of rest for you, a place that you would rest in. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha were Jesus' friends. They were not his disciples. After his resurrection, you never hear of them again. When he was in Jerusalem, he never stayed there. If you've been to Jerusalem, you'd know why. It's agitated, full of strife, man's flesh. So he'd go off a few miles out to the east in Bethany, and he'd, live, and he'd stay with his friends house of rest he could rest there no one was pulling on him and so I prayed that Lord I want to be a house of rest I don't even know if that's a prayer and it is a prayer it is a prayer that can be prayed I, I've lived it now for 23 years I've lived it I know it's a prayer that can be prayed because I lived the fruit of it so you always pray on a high point and then you live it out on a low point it's just the way life is you have to buy, you, you see the treasure, but you have to buy the field. The field costs everything. So when Diana started singing that song, I thought, oh, Lord, 
I know it's, you're doing something. You're here. The glory that's been in the sanctuary ever since we returned that I see every time I'm here, you're ready to do something. You're doing something. And we're going to be a broken, contrary people. That's where you dwell with. And if we're not, you'll break us and get us contrite. Hearts will break again. I thought for a minute Diana was playing to get down the keys. If Diana, if you're here, come on back up, please. And it was just a motorcycle going by. <laughs> We're going to just close. I have more to teach, but we're here in a moment. I need to tell you one important thing. Because this now transfers to everybody in this room and everybody online. If I was to hear your story, you'd tell me the losses you've incurred. You'd tell me those points of consecration you made. When you said, Lord, you can have it all. I want you to have it all. In fact, you've got to take it all. I don't care. I'm not even asking you anymore. It's yours. Those are the moments of exchange that take a lifetime to attain. But they are powerful. They will never be forgotten. Over the years of 23 years, I'd often think about what happened to Mary. So enraptured in the worth and beauty of Jesus that she took her dowry. I'd imagined her dowry. What would bring her wealth into a marriage? But she didn't want to be married. All she wanted was Jesus. And so she just said, I've got to give it all. I just can't have him in this my house without him getting it all. So she breaks it on his head and breaks it on his feet. Covers the room, covers him, fills the house with the smell. Gets immediate wrath of man. What a waste. I can't believe you let this happen. Who are you, Jesus, to let this kind of worship happen? It's not, it's not, it, and he, um, rebukes them all. Thank you. So I think about her. What happened to her? What if she never did get married? What if she had consecrated herself to the Lord and the Lord made her and received her? But what happens if 10 years from now and you don't want to get married? You forgot that moment of consecration and you don't know that you really want to be single anymore. So I don't know about you, but I think God listens to our prayers. And he makes exchanges that sometimes take a long time to realize, oh, that's what you were doing when I said this. Um, let's see if I have this. Isaiah, Psalm 50, verse 5. 50, verse 5. Gather my saints together to me. Those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Let the heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. The whole chapter, the whole Psalm 50 is pregnant with, with the intercessor coming to fruition, with the, with the one who gave themselves unto the Lord to come into its demonstration in the glory realm. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to remind you and me of all the sacrifices we've made, consecration from the beginning of our salvation. Look back where you did and 
how you committed yourself, and what you positioned yourself. So many things didn't come about the way we hoped they would, but there is a fresh visitation because the beginning was the end. God had already initiated the end from the beginning. We misinterpret. We fall into our own striving. We fall into discouragement. Like David, we want to protect our own interests. After many crises he went through, who would blame him? But then when we have that moment again, we realize this God, he's alive. He's here. I'm not over yet. I'm not too old to get to the next place that God wants me in. If you'll stand with me, if you'll humble, if you'll, if you'll honor me just because I don't know this is your song or not, but it's my song. It costs me everything. And I think it could be all our songs. I think God is getting ready to build a people that are compacted, fit together, no longer caught up in strife and envy and division, submitted to Jesus Christ and his living word and only his word and only Jesus Christ, and yet loving one another, submitting to one another, loving and giving and serving and getting all our life from the Son, all our life from the King, all our life from the one who saved us, loved us, healed us, delivered us. When I was writing my, I had to write a bunch of blogs because our technology people were going on vacation, well deserved. So I had to write a bunch. And I, so you write, you start writing, you're trying to go, I'm way out of where I am, so what are you saying? And I kept hearing the Lord saying that what he's doing is he's coming to bring salvation, healing, and deliverance to his living body. Salvation, healing, and deliverance. And that's what he's doing today. He's doing that today. That's what Wes came up and spoke. That's what Diana called us into. Let's go ahead and sing. Make it your consequence. Return to the Lord. Heaven is my throne. And earth is my footstool. want a house among us. I know you do. Where is the house you will build for me? Who of you will hear the cry of my heart? He hears his heart. He has a cry. Wow.
one more time. Bring your family in with you as you sing. Bring your life with you as you sing. Bring your journey with you as you sing. And above all, bring your losses. Bring your heartaches, your broken promises that appear man interrupted. Just bring it all. And one more time we'll sing and then we can go. And God will go home with us in a new way. receive a gift. In the name of Jesus, salvation come. Salvation be realized, experienced to the uttermost. Come into fruition over sons and daughters husbands, wives, mothers, in Jesus' name. Healing come. Healing break open by the resurrection of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, life to the mortal body. Deliverance come in the name of Jesus. Infirmity go. Sickness go. Poverty go. Reproach come off. Glory fill the house of your sons and daughters. In the name of Jesus, lies break apart like the dew of the morning and like the fog when the sun begins to shine. Break off all lies and truth be received. The truth of the resurrected, glorified high priest Jesus, the Messiah, Savior, King, healing, delivering, Jesus, 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 Jesus. resurrection life, 
your heart to read, to receive, let your soul rest, seated with him in heavenly places. You can go home. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I love you. Blessings. Take your miracles with you. Take the supply of Holy Spirit with you. Take your visions with you. Bring your sacrifices with you. Gather, gather, gather before him. Join us. Pray with us. Be a part of us. Hallelujah. We love you. Love you online all apart. Go, go forth in the name of Jesus.